0: are you
1: i really really
0: really appreciate you allowing me to interview you you know i have to tell you i work with a lot of people a lot of football players a lot of all types of people and you're the most humble person i've ever met one of the most humble people i've ever met when i met you last year with uh thomas henderson um i loved meeting you and your wife and um just how down to earth you are, and and that means a lot to me. You have not forgotten where you came from, and well,
1: that, um, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Well, the reason I wanted to interview you was, um, I one of my biggest passions um, is the power of asking. I mean, it's not just because I wrote the book; it's it's because I think it's a huge problem in society. I think it's a huge problem with our youth because. People have become a friend of asking because of the media, the news. And one thing about you, I was going over <laughs> looking at your resume or re-looking at your resume, is that you've never had a problem asking, obviously, because of the leadership that you have, you know, portrayed, the following that you have. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, how the power of asking has influenced your life because I want to impact our youth and I also want to impact other people listening to um, this interview as well. But if you don't mind, can I introduce you really quick? Yes. So I have the honor of introducing the most, I think, the most amazing coach, football coach in the world, Mike Dibbuck. And you, like I said, you have an amazing resume with your accomplishments from winning, you know, the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowls, the Chicago Bears Super Bowls, to, you know, Sporting News Coach of the Year, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame, Rookie of the Year. I mean, you've done everything you have played for, actually, as a player, you played for Chicago, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Cowboys, and as a coach, you know, Dallas. Chicago and also New Orleans and you know one thing is that you've done other ventures as well you are unstoppable I would call you and don't take this wrong you're a disruptor I'm all about disrupting your brand and you're definitely a disruptor which is a good thing because if you're not disrupting which is also asking you're not moving forward in life and one of the questions um that I had for you since this show is about the power of asking and also disrupting is what is the most powerful story um, around asking maybe that has transformed your life where there was a time maybe as a coach or even before you were a football player um, as far as asking, you know, asking for something in your life or, you know, I was thinking, you know, a lot of these football players, you know, if you hadn't have asked, you know, how to throw a football, they wouldn't be a football player. As simple as that. But well, if you have <clears> a story <throat> that you can think of of round, you know, the power of asking that transformed your life.
1: Well, you 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 have a point there, but you 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 can't ask for something unless you learn to work for it.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, are, you're not given things. All you're given is an opportunity you're given an opportunity, I don't care where you come from, what nationality, color, creed, religion, you've got an opportunity because you live in a country that I think is the greatest country on earth. you got got freedoms of exercise where you can start with nothing and end up with something. You can start with a lot and end up with nothing. It's up to you. So exactly. the individual takes over. I mean, you know, when you say asking, uh, I never really asked for anything. I, what I did, I earned it. And I earned it, you know, if from the time I was in, grade school, uh, playing football and baseball and basketball until I got into college and then in the professional, the same thing. I never took it for granted that I was going to be there the next week or the next year, but I was going to be healthy. I mean, those are things you got. You got to be lucky when you're an athlete. You, to stay healthy, you got to be lucky. You really do. I mean, right now, the pro game is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, if, if these kids play this game, even high school and college, the injury factor now is a lot greater than it was, and I I don't know exactly. I, I assume because people are bigger, faster, and stronger. I guess, and they hit harder. I guess that's why. But uh, <laughs> you know, you, you don't I I never I really never asked for anything, but I wasn't one to work for.
0: So you know, it's sad today. Um, I, ha- you make a very good point, but we live in a I call it an instant society, where there's instant coffee. There's a drive-through on every corner. You can. You know, we don't have to watch the 6 o'clock news anymore. You get it instantly in social media or, or whatever. And so people don't want to work hard like how you worked hard and how a lot of other coaches worked hard. They want it now. They want it immediately. And you make a very good point. You have to work hard to get something in life. Nothing comes easy. No. Um, but, you know, with your career as a coach and as a player, who were some of your biggest influencers?
1: Well, I mean, I, I played for Halas. You know, he drafted me, uh, and he traded me away to Philadelphia. And then I ended up in Dallas and played for, real you know, probably the greatest guy I've ever met, Tom Landry. And then when I was done playing, my, my career was over. He asked me to uh, be part of the coaching staff, which was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I learned football the way it's supposed to be learned. I mean, if you're going to coach it, you, you know, you have to learn it. And uh, I learned from one of the best, I, I think the best, in, in Coach Landry. So, you know, I, you know, you have Halas Landry. I mean, uh, you know, we played against Lombardi. I, I coached against Wallace Shula. I mean, you know, it's a who's who. Who are the greatest coaches that have ever uh, been in this game? You know, I was just fortunate to be, you know, in the league at the time they were. And you learn from that. You learn from watching the films of, of what they do and things like that. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, winning, it, it's not a lucky thing. It's a thing that you have to prepare to do. You have to do all the right things and you have to get yourself in, in uh, prepare yourself to win. I mean, really, everybody wants to win, but only certain people do win and certain teams do win. And why is that? I mean, you take New England Patriots. Why do they win? You know, do they have the best players? I don't know. They got a great quarterback. They got the best coach. I know that. So when you look at what they're doing, it's an organizational thing that they, from the top to the bottom, they do what's best for their football team, and that's what they do, and and, uh, that's why they're successful.
0: Yeah, you know, let me ask you this. I mean, I wasn't even going to ask this question, but I'm I'm curious from a football standpoint because this goes anywhere in life, you know. People, uh, the Cowboys were doing, you know, good with Romo, and then all of a sudden he left, and they're like, oh, they're doing horrible. Or one player leaves. One player doesn't make the whole team. Do you agree? I mean, what is your take on that? Well, because a lot
1: of- I know what you're saying, uh, and, and one player doesn't. But where would the Steelers have been without Terry Bradshaw? You
0: exactly. Know,
1: and, and where would Miami been without Dan Marino? I mean, when you start exactly. talking about well, oh, you you look, you look at Bart Starr when he was up in Green Bay when he, when they won. They had a lot of great players, but you know, he was the, he was the guy. He was the leader on that offense. I mean, you you don't want to say it's one person, but when you're talking about the quarterback and the guy, uh, he's the commander in chief on offense. You know, and and the, and the people in the huddle have got to know that. They've got to know that he's the boss. He's the leader, and they've got to be willing to go to, to go to battle for him. I that's what I believe. You know, I, I played for a lot of different uh, quarterbacks. I, I, the best one I ever played for, I mean, and all of them were good. But when you play with Roger Staubach, I played for, with Roger Staubach. Uh, he was the real deal. Now, he was all business. He was the real deal. Uh, and, uh, when, we, when you know, when you got in the huddle, you know, you know when, he, when he said something, he meant it. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't just talk about it. He did it physically. So, you know, he laid his body on the line running around like he did and doing the things he did. But I'm just saying that he's uh, he's one of my all-time favorites for that reason. I think the leaders are – I don't think they're born. I think they're made. I mean, uh, over time.
0: Exactly. You hit the the nail on uh, the head. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Um, What are some suggestions or a strategy, what you said is, you know, leaders are not born, they're made. That is so true. I mean, what suggestions could you give to whether it's our youth or even, you know, adults or people our age listening um, to change their life? Because a lot of people, it it makes me sick right now. People blame it on the economy. They blame it on the president. They blame it on, you know, that their parents were alcoholics or they blame it on something or someone or their spouse or whatever. And like you said, you know, you don't have to have those labels. What – Trying to let, or let,
1: let, or tips. Let me phrase it very easily. Every day you wake up you ask yourself, Where am I? You ask yourself, Where do I wanna be? And then you ask yourself, What am I gonna do about it?
0: Exactly. If
1: you can't answer those honestly. you got a problem. Because I mean you know, you may get lucky in life and, and but uh, chances are the the best luck you're gonna have is the things you work for. And that's what you're gonna really appreciate. Those are the things you are things that are given to you, oh that's wonderful, you know, it's a gift. But gift. the the greatest gift is, is the effort and the work and the discipline and the sacrifice and all the things you do to make yourself who you are, make yourself better as an athlete. I mean you, you can go back to we can go back to the thirties when with Jesse Owens running. I mean you could any anyway, you look at these people, they had a great commitment to being the best. So to be that, they worked at it. They had a discipline that made them work at being the best. Now, is there any such thing as the best? I don't know. But there's a lot of them who are awfully good because they were willing to work for it. And they didn't think it was going to be given to them. And it isn't given to you. If it's given to you, you better check it out because it's probably not worth
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you weren't just into football. You have dabbled in some other things like, you know, the wine business and also, you know, your restaurant business and so forth. Tell me a little bit about how did you get into that? How how did that happen? Well, that was an opportunity that came. Uh,
1: I, I had some people come to me and they say, we want to put uh, uh, a couple of restaurants in Chicago and use your name. It's fine. It, 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 now, and I said fine for one reason, but, you know, the quality has to be there. Now, I mean, there's a lot of good restaurants. There are a lot of good restaurants. There's no question about that. So a lot of good, but you know I can't worry about how many there are. I got to make sure ours is good. So you hire the right people, and and you do the best you can to make the experience of the the patron that comes in there really good. And, and that's how we try to do. I mean, there are a lot of good restaurants. I mean, there's so many and them you can't even name them. I mean, you can go to twenty different ones a night and, and uh, you wouldn't be disappointed in any way. But I'm just saying that that, that we we, uh, we 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 build we build it, don't we built a football team. You get good people. You put them in the right position, and you let them do their job.
0: See, that's amazing. You've actually – it's so funny. My dad is from Chicago. He's gone now, but he went to Sun High School, and he was a huge – I mean, I spent all my time in the summers at, you know, the field and watching Chicago football, and, you know, what you've done is you – you took the strategy of football, the leadership in football, and you applied it to your restaurants, you applied it to your wine business, you applied it to everywhere in life. And this is a really good listen, a lesson for people listening right now because, you know, people, they self-sabotage or they limit themselves, whether they're a musician or a football player or whatever. But you can use the same, you know, analogy that you just, you know, gave an example for, for anything in your life.
1: Yeah, to be a <laughs> You're in a position of leadership. You better surround yourself with real good followers.
0: Exactly. I,
1: that, because there, there are the people who, who do the work. I mean, there, are the people who do the work every day, and uh, you, you got to have those people. I mean, you can have, uh, you can have all, you know. And we had, uh, we had a good setup because I learned from Coach Landry. when We went, but well, we had great players in Chicago. You know, they were. We had maybe as good a defense as they ever played the game. And we had the greatest running. My thing is the greatest running back in, in in the history of the game in Walter Payton. So we had great people, but we had a lot of people who were unheralded, heralded. People didn't know about our offensive line was as good as I've ever been around. But they weren't. They weren't big name guys. You know, we had receivers. that Nobody ever talked about. You know, nobody they talked about McMahon. But he was a winner. He's what we needed. Not 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 what somebody else needed. He's what we needed because of the way he played the game. And uh, you know, it's just hard to, it's hard to explain it. But once you're it, you feel it, you see it, and you know what you want to do with it.
0: And you know what you said is so important. It's who you surround yourself with, because you know, growing up, I could have, you know, used the excuse of so many labels on me. And this interview is not about me. In another life, I was a nurse, and I started my own uh, branding and marketing company. But it was you know, because I made the decision. I took the love of helping other people onto the Internet and, you know, wrote a book and all this other stuff that people are like, well, how did you do it? How did you get into Forbes? How did you do this? How did you do that? A lot of it was surrounding myself by good leadership and like what we've discussed in this interview is you make things happen. You don't sit there and make excuses. You make things happen.
1: Absolutely.
0: You've hit the nail on the head. Tell me what you're up to now. I know that You know, I visited you with Thomas uh, last year in Naples, Florida, and I know you play golf every day, and I love your wife. You guys make an amazing team together. She's very sweet. What are you up to now? What are you doing? What do I do
1: right now? Well, I'm still still partners in the restaurants. There's no question about that. But I'm down in Naples now most of the time, and uh, all I do is I play golf every day. I really do. I enjoy it. (laughs) I'm good at it. I'm not good at No, it's my it's my way of being able to compete. Because I'm competing against the golf course and myself. it's <laughs> I better. No, I can't, I can't go out and run uh, run uh, 50 yards or catch a pass or or tackle somebody. I mean, those things are all gone.
0: Damn, so, uh, really?
1: Yeah, they're all gone, Brady. I
0: know. And then, um, so are you doing anything still as far as with the NFL commentating or?
1: Nothing. I've, uh, I've uh, kind of personified Grada with the NFL, but that's okay. The NFL has been my whole life. You know, the Bears were great to me. Uh, Cowboys were really fantastic to me. I, you know, I had great experiences. So I mean, uh, as a player and assistant coach and head coach, and I've been blessed. You know, and uh, nothing is forever. You know, all things come to an end. But uh, I tell you what, it was fun for a long time, and it, you know, and actually still fun. I'm, I'm the biggest fan in the world. I enjoy watching it. And, uh, you know, I uh, you know, I tell these young athletes one thing, just respect the game. Don't act like a fool. And, then uh, you know, if you do that, you got a chance to be successful.
0: I really appreciate you so much. I mean, I was born in Texas, raised in uh, half Chicago, half Dallas, where my dad was from. So very familiar with the game and uh, yourself and so forth. And I think you're an amazing leader. People can learn from you just by this interview because, you know, like I said, we live in an instant society. People think that they can just blink their eyes and make money, you know, on the Internet. You know, people come to me and say, oh, how have you done so well online and so forth, but it's not because I just, you know, blinked my eyes and did nothing. You work really hard. So how can people find out, do you have a website that you give people, or how can people find I, I out re- more about what you're doing?
1: No, I, I don't, I, I'm not doing really anything right now. I tell you what I do. I used to do a lot of speaking. I do very little anymore. But I do do some... Uh, and, and, you know, I believe in certain things, and I'm not afraid to say them. Now, you know, maybe I'm not politically correct in, in some areas, but I am I, I'm, I'm, uh, I know what I love. You know, I love my faith. I love this country. Uh, you know, I love my family. I mean, I love... Uh, I love the good things in life, and 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 I respect all that. And, and you know, it, it, you know, it, you don't have to get into a lot of other things. You know, if you uh, you're a good citizen and you're a good person, uh, you know, hey, people can think what they want to think. They're gonna say, they they're going to anyways, and actually they can say what they want to say. But you actually should know who you are.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to see you again in April. I mean, it was an honor you know, interviewing you with Thomas, and, you know, you've brought up many great players, and, I mean, they look up to you, and I know why. And I really, really appreciate you very much.
1: Uh, You're Uh, very nice. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I'm very
0: grateful for you, and I'm grateful for everything that you represent and you and your wife. And, like I said, I look forward to seeing you in April again in Naples. And, um, you know, thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you very much. All right. God
0: bless. Okay, hon. All right. Bye-bye.